This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Everyone. Hey, all my feline friends, this is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Okay, did you know that there are all kinds of human foods that are fun for your cats? And then a lot of stuff that's not? Well, I have an expert and we're going to tell you about what you can and cannot give your cat. And also why, very importantly, you should take your cat to the vet. We're going to be right back. Hi, it's me again, Michelle Fern, host of Catitude. You know what I love? My cats. I love how Molly jumps on the back of my chair when I'm working at my desk. You know what I don't love? Cleaning up Molly's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Dr. Natalie Marks. She's a veterinarian, and she is doing an amazing service by being a strong proponent on the Cat to Vet campaign with Royal Canin, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Welcome, Dr. Marks. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to talk to you. There's a lot of foods we think our cats can have that are people food, but there's some unusual ones that you know of, and I'm excited to hear about them. So what is something we would never think that is okay for our cats? Well, I think one that many people aren't aware of that's easy and fun for cats is marshmallows. Okay, I would have never thought that <laughs> cats could have marshmallows. I mean, I would think like olives, you know, and I know they like salty, yep. but marshmallows? Yes, yeah, so marshmallows wow. are are great treats for cats. Also, marshmallow fluff is also a great treat. And for those cat moms out there where your cat may be on a chronic medication that has to be made or compounded, marshmallow flavor is actually a great way to disguise the taste. So a lot of compounding pharmacies now offer that so it's not so bitter. So marshmallows are kind of my hidden go-to. The other thing I love to offer is actually taking baby food and chicken and um, turkey baby food, placing it in ice cube trays with a popsicle stick in the center and freezing it and giving basically baby food lollipops to cats. And they absolutely love that. And it's a great way also to make a treat last longer, especially if you are starting to do what we call cooperative veterinary care. And what I mean by that is, let's say you are dealing with one of your furry family members has kidney disease. 
and you're trying to administer subcutaneous fluids on a fairly frequent basis. What we would encourage is to find some kind of treat reward that your cat loves. We call that a high reward treat and to pair that with the experience that may not be as comfortable for your cat, which could be administering subcutaneous fluids. For those of us that might not understand all of the vet lingo, what is that? Sure. Absolutely, and I apologize. So for those of you listening at home, when some of our cats have kidney disease, uh, which is the number one disease of senior cats, it means that over time their kidneys aren't filtering out toxins and waste products appropriately. Your cat might be drinking more, urinating more, and not eating as well or even vomiting. Some of the treatment that is recommended for patients that have kidney disease or even kidney failure is rehydrating them at home so that not only is their body function better, but they feel better. And that may mean giving them fluids, so similar to what you would think about in a human hospital getting fluids through an IV, we can administer fluids to cats just underneath their skin in a technique that we teach in the hospital that you can do at home. So for cats that are getting that on a fairly regular basis, or even just a cat that's getting medication every day, that may not be a positive experience for them all the time. So what we try to do is encourage different ways of creating that experience to be more positive and for those cats to feel better so that they accept that behavior or that treatment in a better way. If you can give a baby food lollipop, that's a treat that many cats don't get on a regular basis, so they think it's special and what we call, again, high reward. So pairing that with an experience that may not be as positive to them helps to change the way they think about it and make it easier for the cat parents at home to be doing that and make the cat feel better at the same time. That thanks for that explanation. That is something that you know I've heard of that for dogs to make you know broth popsicles or just broth ice cubes for dogs because they'll chomp on it. But I haven't heard of this for cats, and that is such a great idea. Do you need to stick with like beef and chicken flavors, or can you go wild, or what should you stay with? I like chicken and turkey baby food. It's easy to get, but you can also use, of course, tuna tuna juice, tuna flakes. And, you know, cats are dairy lovers. So we use squeezed cheese a lot for cats, and they do tend to like a lot of that um, as an option. The other thing is, is that, you know, cats are carnivores, and they do like lean meats. So sometimes I'll do even little roll-ups for them, where if you have a, a piece of turkey, you can roll it up with some cheese and give it to them. And cats just absolutely love that. So, these are safe foods that you can administer at, at home, again, as high-reward treats. What we want to encourage, again, the goal of these foods is to help them experience something that may not feel good to them all the time in a different way. Getting high-reward treats allows the release of what are called endorphins, which are basically happy feelings from their brain. And so the more often we can have our cats feel that way, especially, again, in the place where they might be anxious or stressed, the happier they'll feel in general and the better the interaction will be with them um, and you at home. So that's our goal is to have a, you know, a happy cat, a happy parent, and a happy home. That's a great idea, really great idea. And since it's a high-reward treat, that would be something, of course, you'd use sparingly, I'm assuming. 
That's absolutely right. Yes. You don't want to be giving that three times a day. But again, it's a great way to think about something to pair that with. So let's say that your cat gets nervous, again, for a medication administration, or your cat gets nervous when you leave for work, or your cat gets nervous when you have house guests or with thunderstorms. These are things to use those as a way to retrain their brain to feel better. So what if your cat doesn't like you? What would you know? I have, I have a trio and one of them I think just likes guys. My husband's fine with her, but with me, she just runs away. So could I like lure her into liking me by getting her some marshmallows or something? Yeah, well, you know, that's an, it's a very interesting analogy, and I, and I think it's actually a great option for you to start thinking about high-reward treats. And I would say the way to think about it is not so much luring them or tricking them into liking you, but essentially what we're trying to do is, is to ease whatever anxiety or fear or discomfort that has developed to allow them to trust in you more. And when they visually see you or your cat visually sees you, again, they have a positive association. So I think it's a great way, you you bring a great segue up. It's a great way also when you're introducing a new cat into an established cat household. Those established cats have a territory They have a range. They have a routine that is now being interrupted by a new cat coming in. And so that's a great time to be using high-reward treats for both the established household and the new cat, separated by a baby gate or by some barrier, so that when they visually see each other after, you know, a period of isolation where they're only sniffing each other under a door or something, when you start to introduce them, when they can see each other and are visually feeling comforted because they're eating a high-reward treat, it tends to make that introduction a little smoother along with a lot of other support that you provide. But again, another great opportunity to use high-reward treats. I wish I had known about high-reward treats when I was introducing Charlotte's sister into the household because that was such a challenge. And also, another area I think would be, you know, if you have three cats, I have one that's Maine Coon, and he needs to be groomed every so often, just shaved down. And then he has a hard to the other two look at him like, who are you? We don't know you. So... I think if you, you know, some people get all of their cats groomed at once if they're long hair, but if they're not all long hair, they might not need it. And I could see that as being a great time to bring out the high reward treats for maybe all of them at one time. So they all, I guess, get together. Is that something that you would suggest? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that's another great application of this process. And I want to encourage your listeners that, you know, and just to kind of have some patience when introducing, because even though these are considered high reward treats that a lot of cats like, your individual cat may not be the marshmallow connoisseur. (laughs) You might introduce that a couple times and your cat still may not really enjoy either the texture or the flavor. Remember, cats are very texture preferential. And so they might not enjoy that. And that's where, you know, shift to your olives or shift to your baby food popsicles or shift to your squeeze cheese. It's okay to try different things and sometimes even to create a little high reward buffet and give your cat that option. Just keep in mind to the presentation and the delivery of that high reward treat is sometimes just as important. So we don't want to be putting something that your cat has refused three different times into their food bowl. 
because cats can create aversions very easily, and they may not they may not like that marshmallow, and then you put that in with their food, and then they start to associate their regular food with the marshmallow flavor, and they refuse it altogether. These high-reward treats should be fed independently of their food sources. So maybe this is something that you put on top of a cat tree for them in a beautiful sunny windowsill on a quiet night sitting next to you on the couch. Somewhere, again, where this is not associated with the regular diet, this is not something you put you know, next to an active laundry machine or by a, a breezy fireplace, some place where there could be created stress just because the situation is, is not ideal. These are things, again, to pair in a peaceful way where that cat can enjoy it and, again, have that really positive experience. Exactly. As I'm listening to you, you know, you're still introducing something new to your cat, even though, you know, we're talking it's positive reward treat and all of those are, it sounds all good, but to your cat, it's still something new. So you want to make, like you said, the delivery calm and inviting and not something that, here's something new. I got to see if you like it. So that's a great idea. What kind of marshmallows? Do you take the big ones and just cut them up? I like, you the, like the babies. <laughs> I like the baby marshmallows because you can also throw them and use them to exercise your cats. You can deliver them on toothpicks if you want to be extra fancy one at a time. And some cats like to bat them around as another toy before they, before they ingest them. So, the, you know, the thing is, is, remember, cats are predators. Our indoor-only cats still have an innate prey drive within them, and they like to feed where they have to, and and I'm going to put in quotes here, hunt. We call it activating their prey drive. So to a cat, putting their dry food down in a bowl with the the three-day supply of dry food sitting in a bowl and leaving it on the ground and walking away, that's boring to them. That has no thrill of the chase. There's no hunt involved. It's not elevated. It's, it really doesn't appease what a cat's prey drive and activation is. Instead, consider putting those, if you have dry food you're feeding, putting that dry food into small little bowls all around your house. Put them elevated on a bookshelf, on top of your fridge, on a windowsill, places where your cat can jump. You know, cats love to be up high and survey the situation. They're the management of our house, right? Think of a a beautiful lion sitting and guarding its pride. They're typically elevated and surveying their kingdom. I know it seems like a far reach to your main coons, but very similar tendencies. They have the same innate need to be up high and to survey the situation, and that's where they feel best eating. So let them hunt around your house. It provides, again, exercise. It provides mental stimulation, which cats need. And remember, they are incredibly intelligent creatures. And so it bores them to have that food just sitting in a bowl for three days at a time. Give them the challenge. Let them explore your home and hunt and be the predator that they are within your living room. That's great advice. Now, a lot of our cat parents out there also have dogs. Are marshmallows okay for dogs? They absolutely are. Um, marshmallows are fine. So there are some foods. I know you mentioned, you know, what don't we want to be giving, right? Yes, what don't. This is important because there are, I know there's some foods that we think, oh, why not? They would have fun playing with it. But there are foods that are fatal to cats. That's correct. To make them so, very sick. Yeah, so exactly. So, you know, 
similar to, you know, to dogs, obviously we have the common ones of, of chocolate toxicities, although cats don't tend to prefer chocolate much. The things that I worry about with cats are onions, and so they can have an onion changes that causes anemia, so a decrease in their red blood cell count. So anything that has onion or onion powder, we really want to avoid. It's very important when you're looking at baby food because some of the early stage baby food does have onion powder in that. So we want to make sure for all those listeners that are thinking about this, that they avoid any baby food that has onion powder listed as an ingredient. We're going to take a really short break and we're going to be back with some more of this great information from Dr. Marks. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. I have discovered a great brand called Dr. Elsie's. They are truly focused on your cat. One of their mottos is, we've always put ourselves in our pet's paws. I just love that. And did you know the number one behavioral reason that cats are either abused, abandoned, or returned to shelters is doing their number ones and number twos outside the litter box? Yep. And let me tell you, I have been dealing with that for quite a while with one of my kitties, Charlotte. I have a multi-cat household like so many of you, and no matter what I tried, she refuses to use the litter box, and I have tried everything. Nothing worked. And then I found out about Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract. Now, most cats are not that picky, but almost every household has a Charlotte and that cat will be persnickety about using the litter box with other cats. Well, Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract is a product that helps bring cats like my persnickety Charlotte back to using the box. And Dr. Elsie's is so positive that you will love their product. They're going to offer a rebate and pay up to $20 for your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. You can visit drelsies.com slash catitude and print out the rebate form or fill it out online. I will also have it on my Instagram, which is at catitude17. Give Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract Litter a shot. You will not regret it. Happy cat, mom. Happy cat. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Dr. Marks, and we're talking about exciting treats for your cats, and we're on the second part of foods that are definitely no, no-nos for your cats. They are very harmful or can be fatal for your cats. So, Dr. Marks, what are some other foods that are just no good for your cats? Yep. So um, similar to onions, garlic would be on that category. So very similar to what I just mentioned, the same things we worry about. I mentioned chocolate. You know, anything that has caffeine in it, we want to avoid. Um, It can cause a lot of changes within their body temperature and heart rhythms, and it can cause muscle tremors and and even seizures at times. So we want to avoid that. Any raw dough, very similar, of course, to children or dogs. We don't want to be feeding that, of course, because of the concern any of the raw foods create. But also dough expands in the stomach and creates alcohol. So we can end up with either obstructions or sometimes, again, the stupor associated with, uh, again, that conversion to alcohol. A big one are grapes and raisins. Also along with dogs, grapes and raisins in some of our 
domestic animals can create an irreversible kidney failure. Thing is, we don't know the mechanism yet of why this happens. We've had some patients eat a whole bushel of grapes and be fine, and some eat one grape and go into, into full kidney failure. So that being said, we err on the side of caution always. It's best to not give that at all. So we want to avoid those, um, especially if you have young children in the house that are eating from high chairs or throwing foods or dropping foods. Uh, that's one to keep out of your house for sure. Now, there's some others that I've read about, and you're the expert, you're the vet, so you would know more about this. But what about things like xylitol, which is an artificial mm -hmm. sweetener? Like if you drop a mint on the floor yep. or something, I've heard that can be very bad for your cat. Yes, that's a newer version of a sugar substitute that's been used in a lot of natural foods for humans today, including things like Orbit gum and some of the sugar-free gums, and you mentioned mints, even some of the different spreads and things that we can see. The big thing with xylitol is it causes significant drops in the patient's blood sugar if it's ingested. So those patients can seizure and have liver disease, and if it's not caught early enough, it, it can be fatal. So especially with cats, the big thing is, is keeping the ones we see most commonly for toxicities are ones that have jumped into a work bag or a purse and pick things out. So I always encourage owners when you come home from work or you've been out and you've been carrying your purse or bag, everything needs to be zipped and it needs to be out of reach because those are the, the big worries that we see just out of curiosity. I've heard about this, but it seems unusual to me that milk can be bad because cats are lactose intolerant. Yes, that's right. So cats, even though I think anecdotally and we think about, you know, fairy tales and all kinds of children's stories, there's typically a cat drinking a warm bowl of milk. Kittens only drink true milk for a few weeks because their digestive system is not equipped to process milk. You know, they are carnivores. So although they're not, it's not considered quote-unquote toxic to cats, if you are feeding milk to cats, many of them will develop gastric upset, so vomiting and or diarrhea, either periodically or consistently. So unlike, the again, the xylitol or grapes where it's causing either permanent organ disease or in some cases even sadly, fatalities, milk is going to cause more digestive upset, which of course is not comfortable for our cats, but more just out of the lack of them able to process that as they become older kittens and adults. Okay, and this is not really a food, but it's surprising how many times I'm sure you've seen this, yarn or string ingested by a cat, because I know that can be very, very dangerous. Absolutely. Yes, we call those linear foreign bodies. So basically anything that's string, like you mentioned, sewing kits, yarn for people doing knitting projects or cross-stitch, dental floss is a huge worry, fishing line. Any of those things, if ingested, can cause an obstruction. It can be a life-threatening emergency very quickly. A lot of them tend to lodge under the tongue and start to what we call accordion inside. So starting to clump the intestines together and they're unable to do their job properly. So that can be a life-threatening emergency. I tell people even when you're unwrapping presents and you've got ribbons around those, that anything shiny like that is really attractive to a cat's curiosity. And it's not so much, of course, the taste of it. It's just the oral fixation a lot of them have. And as soon as that gets ingested, a lot of times the only way to get that out is surgically. Keep your string and your yarns away from your cats. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's now, it. 
That is it. Now let's talk about. You are doing some special work with Royal Canin on the Cat to Vet campaign, and it's everyone. It's hashtag Cat to Vet, and tell us about this because I know it's something you're so passionate about. Yeah, I am. You know, Royal Canin has put together this amazing campaign, really focusing on the fact that there's over 36 million cats in the U.S. And many of them are not receiving annual veterinary care, and the reason is is that you know, there's been lots of survey work done with cat parents. The number one reason we aren't seeing cats is because clients feel it's too stressful to bring them in. That getting their cat in a carrier and bringing them to the veterinary office is incredibly difficult for many families because as a An industry we haven't done a great job of teaching cat parents how to make the cat carrier become part of your furniture. I know that sounds kind of silly that you'd have a coffee table, a chair, an end table, and your cat carrier all out in your living room.、It、doesn't have to be that dramatic, but we want cat parents to understand that from day one, from taking a new cat into your family, that cat carrier should stay out somewhere in a positive place. With the door open, and we should be using that cat carrier as a safe haven for cats. Feeding your cat in there, using high reward treats, putting a nice fleece blanket, which cats love as part of a preference for texture. Having pheromones, so calming chemical compounds that are in the form of wipes or sprays or diffusers around there to help relax them, as well as even sometimes playing calming music around that carrier. What we don't want is for that cat carrier to come out ten minutes before the annual appointment, for it to be a trigger of stress, and then that cat runs away and hides, and you're spending the next hour chasing your cat around the house, chasing it from under the bed with a broom. Your cat's getting scared and scratching you. It's you know hissing or yowling in the car. It's a stressful event for them, and incredibly so. It's incredibly stressful for the cat parent, and then that creates a negative association being seen at the veterinary office. We we want to partner with our cat clients and our cat patients, not be a source of stress. So the Cat to Vet campaign has been centered around that, but also explaining the needs that cats have. You know, we hear a lot of times, "My cat's an indoor cat; it doesn't need to come to the vet." Or, "My cat will show me if if he or she is in pain." Or, "My cat will tell me in some way if they're not feeling well." You know, cats are not small dogs. They have a very different body language. They have a very different way of communicating to us that they don't feel well. The number one way that a lot of people miss of how they're not feeling well is they're not grooming as much. You know, grooming is an accessory behavior of cats. They only do that when they feel healthy and feel good. So, if all of a sudden your cat, who is a fastidious groomer, has stopped grooming itself either all over its body or in one section, it's a huge indication to us that something's up. And we want to see those cats early, and so we can be proactive and figure out what's going on. Usually, when a cat has started to, to show signs of not eating or vomiting and diarrhea, it is typically, I would say, very commonly shows something that's more advanced. And so, doing annual and as they become eight years and above. Semi-annual exams where we can be proactive and identify early cases of lack of grooming, or early signs of pain, or early signs of dental disease. Doing diagnostic blood work so we can identify early changes in their kidneys or thyroid. Again, those kind of interactions allow us to create these cats that are living 20 plus years with good quality of life. 
it's very, very disheartening for everyone involved when we have a cat that comes in an advanced stage of disease and we can't do much. It's hard on the patient, hard on the, the client. It's obviously very hard on the veterinary team too. And you touched on this a little bit, and I've unfortunately experienced this myself when I was a very new cat parent by Dennis, who just walked in my house one day and decided, you're my new mom. Cats are not (laughs) very good at letting you know they're in pain. Dogs seem to show you much more quickly if they have a problem. They're more vocal about it, or it just, just comes to the surface faster, it seems. And for cats, they hide things. They hide their pain. And this was something, poor Dennis had crystals in his urine. And it was almost to the point that he goes to the vet. But this was something that it's hard to see their, you know, they don't vocalize their uh, pain very well. So it was almost too late for him by the time he had the surgery. You know, one one place said, put him down. And we said, no. And we took him to the vet the next morning. And, you know, he's 10 years old now. And we got him, I think when he found us, he was like one. But that's just one case of a situation that your cats just, you have to look for very subtle signs if it's something that just comes up. Don't, wouldn't you say? I totally agree with you. And I always stress to my clients, if you're noticing something different, even if you can't put your finger on it, I have a lot of cat moms and dads that come in here and say, I just feel something's off. You know, maybe your cat isn't as interactive with you in the last few days. Maybe your cat all of a sudden is sleeping in a new position or a new place in your house. Maybe your cat all of a sudden who loved laser just doesn't care anymore. Maybe your cat suddenly isn't jumping up on the kitchen counter the last few days. It may be something as subtle as that, but it's something. And just as you mentioned, you have to look for these little details. I'm a firm believer that moms and dads of cats are their advocate at home, and I'm their advocate in the hospital. And we have to be a team. We have to share each other's signs that you're seeing, what you're seeing at home and behavior and what I'm seeing in the office, and marry those two together to put together the best clinical picture of what's going on. Because I'm not there 98% of the time, but you may not be aware of different body language and different things I'm feeling on physical exams. So the more we can partner together, the better health we can keep your cats in. So true. So true. So can people find out more about the Cat to Vet campaign? Where can they find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So if you look on Royal Canin website at cat to vet and again, there's a wonderful campaign and we, you still have two weeks to be part of it. There's a competition going on right now that if when you take your cat to your veterinarian, you can take a picture of your cat there and tag it at hashtag cat to vet And again, that's cat, the number two vet, V-E-T. And also tag your veterinary hospital. And on the 30th, at the end of this campaign, September 30th, there will be a drawing and the, the lucky winner, cat parent, will receive a full year of free cat food from Royal Canin, plus a lot of great accessories to help tr- get your cat to the vet in an easier and less stressful way. And your veterinary practice will win the ability to have an exam room remodeled, so to make it much more cat-friendly. It's an awesome contest. Uh, We've had tons of entries thus far, but there's still plenty of time for your listeners to join in. You know, our goal really is to make sure that we are serving all of the cats that we can to make sure they receive the medical care that they deserve, and for cat parents to understand that we are partnering them, and and we have lots of great tips out there on how to make that visit to us 
less stressful. Dr. Marks, thank you so much for all of this great information. This has been such one of my favorite shows because I love when I learn new things, and I'm sure all the cat parents out there are loving it too. I have so many favorite breeds. You mentioned Maine Coons. I love Burmese. I love Siamese. I have a, a special place in my heart for Abbeys. There's so many wonderful cats out there and so many incredible shelter cats in need right now. I really love when there are families that are taking on multiple cat households because we want to partner and make sure that our cats can enjoy companionship. Again, that emotional and mental stimulation so that they can live and have companions when um, we can't be with them, which of course all of the cat parents out listening, I'm sure, would rather be with them a lot more a lot of times than we can be. Again, thank you so much for coming on Catitude and for everything that you're doing for the Cat to Vet campaign with Royal Canin, because I am sure that is helping millions of cats all over the country. Well, we certainly hope so. Thank you so much for having me on and for what you're doing for all the cat lovers out there. Oh, thank you. Well, that was a super interesting show. Who knew cats like marshmallows? And that can be a high-reward treat for them, as well as um, some baby food popsicles. Okay, I know how to spoil my kitties for when they need a high reward. And I'd like to thank um, my guest, Dr. Marks, for coming on Catitude. Thanks to Charlotte, Molly, and Dennis, my cat crew, and also Sammy and Jethro. And thanks to everyone listening to Catitude. We're like one of the most popular cat shows on the internet. So thank you, thank you for listening. And a special thank you to Mark Winter for making me and my guest sound great. Now, please stay tuned. You never know what is going to be coming up. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.